What is up, Tombstoners, and welcome back to another episode of... High on Horror! This week, your three fateful hosts are coming back at you to cover the 2021 American Teen Slasher as a part of our summer camp month. Talking about Fear Street. Fear Street Part 2, 1978. What, what? Campfire time. Woo! This is like the finale of Camp Week. Yep, this is the final week. Yeah. Been a good time. Hope everyone had fun at camp this year. Hope none of you got molested and <laughs> killed the man trying to molest you. Jesus. <laughs> yep. I do hope you all I'm got to see out. some perfect boobies, though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, if you've been watching the movies we've been watching, definitely. Yeah, got some, you have. Got some good <laughs> shots in this bad boy. Not in this one, though. No, not in this one. Not This is this would be the exception to that, but for this month, I feel like you've gotten to see all the, all the classic things about summer camp. You've got, you know, hockey mask wearing bad guy lurking around, drowning occasionally. You've got, you know, hot shorts on men. The higher, the better. <laughs> so much dick report. Unleash crop the hot tops pants. on dudes. <laughs> yeah, crop tops. Honestly, just everything you know about like gendered clothing wearing in 2022. Just go ahead and throw that out the window. It's all the opposite <laughs> in these movies. <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully you've enjoyed this month, and and this one is uh, one that I recommended. Um, like I said, Fear Street Part 2, 1978. It's the second in a trilogy. Um, it was uh, directed by Lee Janiak, um, who I had never heard of any of... I don't actually know if this... Yeah, this is a lady. Uh, I've never heard of her other movie, Honeymoon, in 2014. Um, mm-hmm. But it had the chick who played Egret in um, Game of Thrones in that one. So... Kit Harrington's wife. Yes. What's her name? Uh, Rose. Rose Leslie. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, she had directed. She didn't have a ton of experience um, outside of that one movie, which I admittedly have not seen. I imagine you guys haven't seen that one either. Honeymoon from 2014. No. I actually have. Ah. It is not good. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's what I have to say about that. But uh, did, before we get too into this movie, did you guys do anything spooky? Uh, I did something spooky. I watched a movie called Intruder from 1989 by some of the people that brought you Evil Dead. And it actually stars both Ted and Sam Raimi. It's a horror movie set in a grocery store, and it's fucking awesome. The kills are brutal. (laughs) Full-on effects by, uh, who's your boy, Miles? Who's your effects boy from, uh, your show? Greg Nicotero? Yeah. Yeah. Dude gets his head sawed in half. But, like, uh, like, they they should have got cutting chicken apart in the deli. With this like bandsaw, and the killer puts his face sideways through it, and it like cuts across, like right Jeez. by his teeth. It's fucking gnar, <laughs> and everybody dies like that in some sort of horrific way. It's amazing. Damn, Are you sure son. it wasn't Mick Garris on the special effects? Mick Garris on the special effects, <laughs> which is uh, 
canonically not correct. <laughs> it's just factually wrong, but it worked for the song. <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, the story isn't all that great, and the ending's kind of dumb, but for 80s tone, it's really great. The music's really great. Um, and then, yeah, all the kills are amazing. So if you don't care about the other stuff, <laughs> just go in for the kills, and it's worth the time. Right on. I have like a list of of '80s slasher movies I found that all look good. That I'm checking them off one by one. That's the first one I watch. Ooh. Ooh. You have to share that list. I was gonna That's say, yeah. Awesome. Next up is Edge of the Axe, which looks good enough to almost do on this show. So I'm hoping it. Is. <laughs> all right. Hell yeah. What about you, what Miles? About you, you... Oh. Uh, uh, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> Miles, you polite devil. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> I uh, I pulled the trigger on a game I was talking about, I don't know if it was last week or a few weeks ago, Little Nightmares. The sequel just came out, and that's $60, and the first one came out, and that's $5. So, being the man I am, I was like, gotta play the first one first. So I got Little Nightmares, which is like Limbo or Inside, very much just like a puzzle game where there's no combat element to it. You're just trying to get away from bad guys, and it is so fucking intense. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> I'm like hyperventilating because you're like, I don't know, eight inches tall, and there are these big monster people that just have no issue picking you up and cooking you. Like they just want to eat you, and they're so creepy. It's so so good. I'm like, I don't know, a third of the way into the game, and every time I'm just like, Jesus Christ, run faster! <laughs> so good. Have you guys played that one at all? No, never no, heard of it. no. I I feel like you mentioned this on the show, I or did. maybe just to us when we were hanging out last, when we had our digital hang, and it sounded cool. I looked it up. It looked really interesting. Yeah, it's by the people who made Little Big Planet, but this is like a whole. Oh yes, of you it. did mention this game. Yeah, yeah, and it's really good. <laughs> I'm really, really enjoying. It. It's beautiful and it's intense and it's like definitely puzzly like you have to figure out how to do shit in the right order and stuff and it's uh it's so rewarding when you finally get past something that's killed you 82 times oh i love it (laughs) well that is dope i um to be honest i haven't really done anything horror related i was gonna watch that new resident evil um show but i can't like it's like a mixed bag on well, apparently it's like the best Resident Evil adaptation to screen, but then I also hear it's not that great. So I'm kind of yeah. like in the middle. On I've it. also heard it's the worst Resident Evil adaptation brought to screen. Yeah, it's, so yeah, it's, it's real mixed. It's controversial, which is weird. I feel like people most of the time be able to be like, okay, this is trash. Like the last movie they put out, immediately people are like trash. <laughs> most Done. of those movies are trash <laughs> I, uh, I was talking to red fox about it i was like you me and jay from we get dubbed should just do like a resident evil podcast where we just go through all of the tv and movies <laughs> they've made but like who wants to commit to that <laughs> fuck yeah. all that shit so but many have you I, seen that augmented reality sign that they have in times square yeah mm-hmm. They've had it for, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Batman and stuff. They have it right now for Resident Evil. Yeah. And it's the liquor, like, breaking out of a glass cell. And it, that, that's the only cool thing I've seen from this <laughs> <show>. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if it's it's any good. So, uh, I did not pull the trigger on that. I was kind of staring that down on Netflix the other day. Um, 
But yeah, so that's about a trailer. Looks as like as shit. Yeah, yeah. It has that, the there was a reason. Has from uh, John Wick in it though? I don't know There's the guy's name. I didn't pull the trigger on watching it the other night. I was like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. I like nothing about this captures me. But then again, I did see the last Resident Evil movie, which was also not good. Is that the Netflix one, or that was another TV show, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a TV show. Um, it was a theater really theatrical release. It was supposed to be like a reboot, basically. Oh, Raccoon City. Yes. Oh, you're talking about Raccoon City. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so, yeah. I wanted that to be good so bad. I know. And it. everyone's like, it's the worst. Dude, it actually it had moments where I was like, this could have been a good movie. Like, this could have been sick. But they just... Like, every good thing that they did was dwarfed by fourth wrong things that they did. So, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those. Some of the canonical movies in that series, though, they're just, like, releasing the, like, climax of the movies on Facebook and stuff. You're just scrolling and be like, oh, what's this? And they look awesome. And you just know that that's just a punctuation of cool among so much bullshit. <laughs> I'd rather just watch these movies that way, having like watching people do backflips with machine guns going off and stuff. Like that's cool, but I don't need to hear their drama where Leon and Alice are arguing over whether they should go up or down. Like I don't need all that shit. <laughs> Dude, that's the real meat and potatoes of the story there, Miles. <laughs> there's lasers down there and there's zombies up there. What are we gonna do? <sighs> I'm not gonna be an idiot. Ah, Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> I realize I don't even think we said who's on this show. We've just been riffing right now. Uh, that gentleman that you just heard with the lovely voice was Miles. And then we have the ever wonderful Josh. Uh, what are you boying? <laughs> and, then, and also myself, Chris. So, yeah. Like, what are you <laughs> selling? What a proper intro. We're like eight minutes into the recording. <laughs> Yeah, Friday the 13th style. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Have you guys seen any um, any good horror trailers upcoming, by the way? Like anything new that's... Oh, Nope. Nope comes out next week from when we're... Oh, yeah, yeah, Nope comes out. So I'm, I'm still waiting for Lady Exorcist to come out. Lady X. Oh my God! Yes, the one we read <laughs> on, the, on your show when we were looking at like movies coming out this year. Yeah, that I'm pretty sure we saw the trailer for when we saw Antlers in like November. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we did. I have no lady idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lady that has to like learn. They teach like women aren't allowed to learn how to do exorcisms. Oh. They make a special exception because she's got the gift or whatever. Ms. Exorcist. I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> It's called like White Devil or something like that. <laughs> Red Menace. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, so speaking of Menace, you made us watch this movie, Chris. Um, <laughs> did you watch all the other Fear Streets too? I did. Yeah. I watched this. So uh, when, when this was coming out was like a huge drought of new content. And so this was one of the first like horror movies that Netflix had released that looked good at all. And I personally love Goosebumps. And then like I did read a little bit of Fear Street, but not as much. So I was I was hyped when they were announcing this because I was like, okay, so this is going to be pretty brutal. It looks like. And it had Sadie Sink from Stranger Things, which was dope. 
And then a bunch of people I had never heard of, um, except for Jillian. Is she in all three of them? Because she's listed as being in all three of them, but I can't imagine how she would be. <clears throat> yes, she is. Um, one, one quick note Is it before. just like the, the end of the first one and the beginning of the third one or something? Um, no. So basically what they do is they tell three different stories throughout time in the three movies, but all the actors switch roles for the like pa- past roles like the past mm-hmm. characters so they're all uh. in pretty much all of them um and they just play different different characters so i actually kind of thought that was cool that um, is cool but yeah to preface this me and miles have not seen the first or the third one <laughs> we've only seen this middle one yes that chris informed us was a standalone film and you didn't need to know anything that was going on and you really did well, this is not true. It is not yes, true. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> is, I mean, is, we did need some context here. <laughs> they kind of all the reveal stuff of why things didn't make sense in the first get revealed in this one. So it's like you're gotcha. not going to have any questions. You're just going to have the answers. Is basically what happens in this film. But um, all of that to say, I personally thought this was great when I watched it, and I thought it was a really cool like summer camp slasher. Um, for like a more modern take on it. And overall, the big thing that carried it for me were the kills. There are some really brutal, really well done kills. And there's a pretty good body count in this movie as well. So that I will give it. There's a body count for sure. Yeah. The first so note I, I have is girl from community is having a tough evening alone. I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's got all the clocks. Jillian oh, Jacobs. Right. Hot. Uh, um, but yeah, so basically uh, the story kind of picks up from the first movie where the main characters are trying to figure out why these like massacres just like randomly happen in this town like every 20 or so years. And so like that's the that's kind of the context of why Jillian Jacobs is important because they're trying to reach out to her and like find out how she ended up surviving the massacre that took place back in 1978, which is where this movie takes place. So the majority of it is, you know, a flashback with random punctuations of, oh, wow. Uh, what was what was the line you guys hated? <laughs> Nick Good is evil. <laughs> that shit. Oh, my God. That sent me when I watched it. I was like, this is amazing. Um but yeah, basically we find out that there's like a curse that's linked with a witch, which is investigated more in the third chapter. Um, but the reason I say that I feel like this is a standalone story is because I don't really like the witch stuff is not what is compelling to me about this film. So I just don't really pay. I don't like take that much heed to it, if that makes sense, which is why I was saying like as a slasher just happening at that summer camp, I think it's a pretty dope movie. Yeah, yeah the, all the slasher parts are good, but they don't happen until about an hour into the movie. So you're just kind of stuck with all this witch talk, which I was A, not expecting, and B, didn't really give a shit about because <laughs> I'm not really into witches. I wanted like a masked killer. I thought every one of these movies was like just a different story. So like I wasn't, I didn't go into it expecting witch. That's fair. I and can see how that's unexpected. Josh, this feels the way I imagine Vampire Diaries is. Would you say that's accurate as someone who watches Vampire Diaries? 
Uh, it's that type of acting, yeah. Okay. It's kind of, the music is kind of like that, too. Like, it didn't really have a slasher soundtrack, which is what I was expecting. It had an actual soundtrack of real songs, mm-hmm. and then a score that wasn't really set to be a slasher movie, but... Yeah, I think those are the things that are throwing up. But yeah, uh, action-wise and stuff, yeah, this is probably up there with the Vampire Diaries. Yeah, they got a lot of, uh, got some CCR and Kansas, and because they spent the money on it, <laughs> we got to hear them multiple times. <laughs> I never have a problem with CCR. No, me neither. <laughs> I love CCR. <laughs> Kansas I like, but CCR, man, I fucking love CCR. <laughs> I probably brought this movie up two points just based on that. <laughs> um, I see a bad moon rising. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so, like, in general, just, like, super brief plot. Um, we find out that, like, these killers are, like, like, these people who are going insane and murdering a bunch of people through this town's history where they just snap out of nowhere are actually being possessed by witchcraft. And that also makes them unkillable, which we find out in this movie, um, as well as in the last one. Uh, there's like the slasher killer is really just a brute being possessed by witchcraft, basically. Now, we don't need to go like bit by bit through this story, I don't think. But my questions to you guys, what did you think of Ruby Lane, the lady who never stops singing? I don't remember this character. She's the she's the killer from uh like the mother is the nurse. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember her, but the mother, nurse lady, she's from Ozark. This is like a a Netflix just orgasm on the screen. They're like, like we Netflix already work shows. with you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> So her daughter is like was somebody who also went on the massacre killing spree at some point, right? Yeah. And she's like, she was nice, I swear. I raised a good kid. She just went a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah, she was like a schoolgirl and murdered a bunch of people. So, um, but when she comes back in this one, um, I think it's, a, I'm pretty sure it's in this one, uh, when she's like the one who sings. <laughs> I don't remember this. Yeah, at I don't all. know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, that must be the first one. <laughs> well, she's definitely referenced in this movie because the mom is the nurse, and they like talk talk to her about it. And I think they have a flashback of her. Um, but anyways, I'll just say, most annoying horror movie character ever. Don't ever have a character that repeats like a tune over and over again. Holy <laughs> shit! Like. That is exactly how you get me to hate somebody immediately. It's just Everywhere like, she goes, she's like, I'll see a bad <laughs> That's the only acceptable song she can be singing over and over again. That <laughs> happened with uh, with Ted Raimi in the that movie I, I watched. He, every time they cut to him, he was wearing headphones and listening to this generic, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do type of song. <laughs> it was just like beeps. And it, he's in like an hour of the movie, <laughs> so every time they get to him, he's listening to this. It was like some fucking running up the hill shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking blasting that shit. Hey, it's your birthday. <laughs> Gotta go pick up the phone. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I um, 
But yeah, that's like not super relevant to the plot of this movie. It's just something that's going on in the overarching story, which is still not all that important. It's just another killer. But she will not shut the fuck up. I was like, yo, can somebody <laughs> knock her out? Like, please. You know who I wanted to get knocked out? The bully girl. What was her name? Angela or something? Um, yes. She Angela. was a real twat. She fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was a real, a real bitch for seemingly no reason. Yeah. Wait, wait. I think it was Sheila. Sheila, that's right. Sheila. She, like, the opening you get of her is she's, like, trying to hang the girl from Stranger Things and light her on fire. Like, <laughs> Burning her on a cigarette. I know. <laughs> that, dude, that's, like, some hardcore girl bullying. Like, what the fuck? And she has minions. Yeah, she's getting, like, like, lynched, basically, and then the camp counselors are like, don't make us kick you out. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I feel like... Um... I definitely feel like they would probably be a little more alarmed by someone being like threatened to be hung and burned alive. But one might assume <laughs> the eighties were a different time. This is like when they introduce and then will forever for the rest of the movie continue. My main gripe with this movie is that they like talk about everyone's family lineage. Every time they talk to each other, be like, Oh, you know what they say about those good family. They're all cops and they're all bad guys. And it's like, what are you talking about? Is your name Pamela? As in the Pamela family from down by the way? Like, it's just every time everyone talks to each other, they're so into, like, all that shit. It, it is definitely some Vampire Diaries level dialogue. Like, is this, is, this got WB written all over it. <laughs> Like, what is the bad side of town called in this? Shady side. It should have been called Shady Side. should have been called Wrong Side of the Tracks Lane. Like, <laughs> everybody talks like that. I'm just some scumbag from Shady Side, right? I could never live up to you good people. <laughs> like, the Sunny like, okay. Veilers. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think geography runs, like, that doesn't factor into that many people's lives that heavily. You know what it reminded me of, kind of, was uh, Parks and Recreation. A little Where, bit, like, yeah. <laughs> like, Pawnee is, like, this shit town, and then right next door. I forget what the city's called, but it's, like, mega nice that they get all the money for the budget and shit. <laughs> they give away free iPads. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's the parallel I draw between Sunnyvale and Shadyside. <laughs> um, but to to kind of address that, like I in in this is on me for not, I guess, having you watch the first and third one, but honestly, I didn't. I thought stylistically you would just like would like this one better, um, mm -hmm. but the, all of the families are involved in all three time periods, so in different ways. Oh, yeah, so like that's very vampire diaries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like this small town where like all these people's like ancestors did X, Y, and Z. Um, Do you mean to tell me your great great granddaddy was the pilgrim who was in charge of the whole village? <laughs> <laughs> That was him. That was my pappy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So, anyways, that I, I totally get what you're saying though, because it is like, like my favorite line, and I'm almost positive it's from this one, but it might have been at the very end of the the first ninety four. It's like Nick Good is evil. <laughs> <laughs> like I swear to God, that is like one of the. I burst out laughing. Like I couldn't stop. So. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about 
the Camp Nightwing massacre. So um, after after the hour, that is understandably frustrating. If you teen just drama, like, yeah, that's that is what it is. It's just teen drama. Um, once shit goes down, and homie gets Baghead going, thoughts on yeah. the movie at this point. I was in from that part on, but it's like it took an hour and 40 minutes minutes to get there an hour and 40 minutes of being like, I was the perfect sister. Now I wear a polo and the other girl's like, well, everyone thinks I'm weird. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're a snitch. (laughs) This is my whore friend who likes to do drugs and drink alcohol. And she's like, yeah, I do. It's awesome. (laughs) Come on, people. That's I feel like that's exactly <laughs> what a teen slasher in a summer camp is, though. I just feel like all yeah, of those stereotypes are can be applied in everything. I I do understand the kind of cringy dialogue and the length of the movie, like can make that feel definitely more drawn out. But the part that is very strong of this are the fucking kills. The kills are absolutely brutal, and you know the story is kind of whatever. But I feel like I'm not really most of the time looking for a very good story from a summer camp slasher. Like their problem is they tried too hard to try to make a good story. Like with all the, yeah. the dialogue between characters and this, that, and the other, when you could have just kind of let us fall in love with the characters cause they were well-written and not because they're from X, Y, or Z family. Right. Yeah. Right. Characters in a slasher just have to have traits. They don't need a story. <laughs> like one person has got to be the stoner. One person's got to be, you know, the comic relief. One person's got to be the uptight asshole or, you know, it's like they don't have backstory. Yeah. You need, like, the, you need like the promiscuous that. woman. Yeah. Like yeah, they the just are all tropes. The fact that it's a three movie franchise that was all made at the same time and was intentionally like done this way is what actually detracts from the fact that this could have been a better camp movie because everyone's talking like that. Like, oh dear, you're of the Shakespeare family, are you? And not <laughs> get off, but like there's I don't know, some of the relationships are kind of cool, like the development between the two sisters kind of moves the plot forward a little bit and the druggie is unusually attached to her her really fucked up boyfriend and the like prim and proper girl her boyfriend is the one that goes crazy and yeah. he looks like uh who was the last batman pattinson he looks yeah. like <laughs> super low budget pattinson <laughs> yeah i actually liked I, sw- I i liked him like with the mask on like i thought he looked menacing he went from being this like yeah. very likable guy to being like holy shit this dude is straight up terrifying now i swore i knew the sister from something and i looked up her imdb and not no. a single thing I've seen. And I was like, who the fuck does this girl remind me of then? And I couldn't figure it out. This is her, this is her big break, dude. When Homeboy, I feel like something like, that came out around the same time as this that probably did it better, which, Chris, I think you've seen, is... is uh, What's the show called? What's that FX horror show? American, American horror, horror Story? Story? Yeah. Oh, no. 84 or whatever. Is that better than this? Uh... I don't my problem with that is like they have an insane amount of shit that they just introduce into every one of those seasons of that show like they never just let the thing that they're focused on be the bit like the the plot of the story they're always like 
Well, you thought it was a serial killer, but now we're going to introduce aliens and vampires. Good luck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and so oh, no. so the yeah, fear... Yeah, that was my problem with that season, is it's like, this is a serial killer season, but also the opening scene is aliens. Like, uh, okay. And there's ghosts. There's, there's yeah. like, the serial killers are ghosts. Like, come, like, I, yeah. Anyways, um, it just... Like, I don't like how much shit goes on in that, but I will say stylistically, it's very fun to watch. It's very, very 80s, like heavily played up, like hyper-sexualized 80s. Um, but <laughs> That's the, what this is supposed to be. The, the story for that is honestly less cohesive than this, in my opinion. Yeah. So when... The- well, I think it's also the, the fact that this movie is actual summer campers, like... It's teenager kids, so it's not like a sexy movie. It's it's for it's got children as the main stars. Yeah, which usually a slasher movie has some sort of sexual element to it. It would have been cool if they had g- kind of given it the um, shit. Uh, it's a reboot, and I totally just lost the name of it. But could have given it the, the it it Jesus um, the it films like kind of treatment and made yeah. this like a really really dope summer camp slasher movie with younger actors but alas it's ne- it's netflix making horror movies which honestly i'm happy they did and i hope they'll continue to branch out but you know we'll see we'll see what's going on so okay so we were talking about the bad guy when uh when homeboy gets infected with witch disease um <laughs> he uh he fights off the nurse who tries to stab him and he gets cut and the song the first cut is the deepest starts playing on the radio (laughs) all right (laughs) a little on the nose there netflix but then he kind of starts to like go crazy and that is the only thing that keeps you really hooked into the plot for a long time is him just like degenerating into psycho killer and i thought that was actually pretty well done i wish it had run longer actually in the movie like, I wish he had been starting to go crazy earlier on. And they could have actually yeah. had, like, some some creepy shit going on with the witchcraft. I, I think if there, there was, was less characters, on. if there were fewer characters, you probably could have focused on that more. Like, if they had been, like, the senior camp counselors there getting the camp ready or something, and there was only, like, seven people... Dude, might be easier to focus on. There's like 25 characters in this. Yeah, there was like 65 <laughs> speaking roles. Like, I can't imagine the <laughs> casting process. <laughs> so, I want to I want to pitch something to you guys and see your reaction to this. So, in addition to the uh 94 and 1666 Fear Street chapters, they're talking about doing Fear Street Part 4. 1403. So, Here's the conversation from the director. It says, I remember one of the first conversations I had with my producers when I was pitching what I thought was the potential of the series. I was like, you have here the potential to have like a Marvel universe that is horror. We can tell the story of these other (laughs) slasher killers in other eras. We can build out the universe of Shady Side because evil doesn't go away. Fear Street, blah, blah, blah. Shady Side. Dude, so uh, that's been a continuing joke over on the Geek Peak where we're like, yeah, give me that Fear Street Marvel verse, Fear Street cinematic <laughs> universe. Like, like it just sa- that sounds so absurdly stupid, but I do want more Fear Street films, to be honest with you. I, 
I need a shady side T-shirt <laughs> <laughs> for the color war, dude. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the worst <laughs> named event ever. <laughs> color wars. Oh my god. I don't know. If we're going to get, like, a horror, like, multiverse, fuck The Conjuring and all that shit. Fuck Shady Sides, Fear Street. I thought what they were going... Malignant. Yeah, I mean, nah, I'm I'm out on that one, too. Kakoa Shaw Police Procedural. Seven seasons. (laughs) That's an NBC (laughs) show. Kakoa Shaw and fake Wanda Sykes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I forgot about fake Wanda Sykes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what I'm trying to say is they were doing it right when they made The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Like, they were gonna do that whole multiverse shit. Like, have Dracula yeah, and all that. Universe. And they fucking dropped the ball in the first fucking movie. And, like, mm. I still think we need to have that. Just ignore the Tom Cruise movie and start over again. But That's not the first time they've tried that, either. Like, they've tried to do that a couple of times. Like, that's, that's what they did with The Wolfman and with Van Helsing and shit like that. Like I liked both planned, of those movies. Yeah. Those were planned to be, like, universe starters. Yeah, I liked both those movies, too. Yeah. Honestly... I didn't even hate The Mummy, either. It's a controversial take. It was not that bad. I would love I a really it. scary creature from the Black Lagoon remake. We got it. It's called The Shape of Water. <laughs> it's not scary at all, but Guillermo would be the guy to call for that. She fucks that fish, dude. <laughs> yeah, That's please, scary enough. Please don't make me watch. I, like, I need the real creature from the Black Lagoon, please. <laughs> so, okay, back to this movie. Let's get back on track here. There's a large percent of time after the, the psycho killer, he does his first kills, which we'll talk about in a second, where everybody, the two, the druggie and the preppy girl, end up in, like, a cave system that is such a frustratingly long period of time <laughs> of this movie where they're talking about Tylenol and <laughs> shit like that. But anyway, so the inspiration for that was they go into this cave and they're just like, this is the, the witch's house and somebody was here recently and then boyfriend goes crazy. Somebody tell me about these kills because I was like... Okay, alright, movie's starting, here we go, hour and 40 in, let's make this happen. <laughs> so, are you talking about... And he the kills the guy? druggy guy. Arnie, yes. Okay. <laughs> he was taking, figured out he was taking Tylenol or whatever. He so, was like, whoa, I'm feeling it, oh wait, this is just Tylenol, fuck this, and he throws it. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, I'm... I'm looking at the the kill count here, and it looks like it starts. The first kill is for Arnie. He gets hacked in the head with the axe, and that was 44 minutes in. So it may just seem like it takes longer to get started, but they do actually have kills in the first 45 minutes. Three and a half hours in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then next we get, in my opinion, the saddest kill, Jeremy. Jeremy. Sweet little Jeremy, the little oh, the little yeah. fat kid with the glasses. I was so sad that they killed him. I was too. He was like, hey guys, can I be cool? And they're like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're from Shady Side. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I was very, very sad uh, that they had to do him like that, man. I, like, I remember specifically watching this the first time and being like, dude. Did they really just kill the one kid that you don't want to see die? Yep. Like, he's so innocent. <laughs> they did him dirty. He's but a supple lamb. <laughs> <laughs> we also have an appearance from that kid from the Halloween 
2018, the one that gets his mouth impaled on the fence. The, the oh, obnoxious shit. friend. That's oh, right. Yeah. He's in this, He's and I believe he gets his head cut right? off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew I saw him before. Yeah, he yeah. plays Gary in this. I actually love his character. <laughs> He's yeah, fantastic. he was the best one. He was between him and uh nope just him he was my favorite character yeah he was fucking awesome there's this hippie chick uh, character tell me about her like what the fuck was that shit about she was the free love i guess it was the 80s huh joan was pretty chillin yeah i don't even remember a hippie lady yep she's the one that we almost kind of see her boobies and that's yeah the boob oh, report. I, yeah, I think I know. She's having know. sex with the character Kurt, and she goes to go smoke, and then she gets axed when she yeah, che- yeah. goes to check an open door. That's a brutal Never death, check. too. Very brutal. Like, multiple axe hits. It's I feel arm. like this is what would have happened if Kubrick didn't direct The Shining the way the axe murders went. Like, they were just, like, really direct, in-your-face murder porn and that it's just like there's no real build up he comes he kills he moves which is very true to this genre come kill move walk away like just keep it going try and be creative but you're sticking with one murder weapon machete axe whatever it is so i mean they definitely like they observed what they were trying to emulate yeah, I mean, I, I personally feel like the effects work on these on pretty much all of the kills are definitely very well done. Which yeah, he axes into that dude's face, and that looks pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. the first kill where he's just like whack, whack, yeah. whack, yeah. and that's it. Like, shit was crazy. Yeah, so he kills a lot more people actually. So he kills uh, Sean, which is like the younger black kid on blue team from Shady Side. Um, he also kills. We talked about Gary. That was that one hurt. It was between him and the little kid with the glasses. Those were my two. Like I was like, God damn, they had to kill these people. Gary gets thrown down a porta potty, where it leads into <laughs> that cavern, and there's red moss everywhere, and I'm like. Is this supposed to represent shit? I'm pretty sure this is supposed to represent shit. It's at the bottom of an outhouse, and they get it on yeah. them, but it's red, and they're like, oh no, red moss. Where's the shit, folks? This, I don't, yeah. this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there's basically like a mountain underneath the hole of the porter potty. Like, that thing would be a cascading <laughs> mountain of shit Bro, who's hiding but it's not it's got a couple pieces of loose toilet paper <laughs> who's hiding the truth about the shithole <laughs> and then don't they yeah, use this reenactment like... is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> don't they use the like fucking camp counselor guys like a ladder or something to get out like <laughs> decapitated body i don't remember i feel like it was involved in somehow and how they got out. down there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's definitely, they get a little creative with the caverns under the camp. They try to get a little, uh, they're doing a little too much there, but part of that is to explain away the, you know, the witchcraft aspects and explain why this camp is dealing with this, uh, this massacre in the first place, which (laughs) like a lot of that is that's the whole purpose of the characters in the beginning who go to meet um, 
Britta from Community, Jillian Jacobs, I think her name is. Um, mm. That like the whole point of that is to like have her. She's like recounting this tale, and then she'll be like, "And this is why I survived." And because I wasn't covered in feces. <laughs> that totally didn't happen. I hung out <laughs> down in the moss for long enough. So let's talk about Nick Good for a second. That dude was a fucking creep. He was a dude. camp counselor who was a teenager, like late teens, hitting on this like fucking 13 year old. Like, what the fuck? And they're making out and shit. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. And, uh, yep. That was a whole like love plot that it's like uh, uh, it was very upsetting they dodge getting axed to death a few times but he sicks a snake on them like all right <laughs> cool i guess snakes are scary to some people i'm scared of snakes yeah that did that did that have your, your skin crawling did you have no goosebumps that doesn't really fear? movies don't really do that to me yeah it like literally that, was just though. behaving like a snake going hey i'm <laughs> yeah. slithering that's it. Guy just put me down here. <laughs> but dude, this axe murderer dude just goes from like cabin to cabin massacring children. I'm like what the fuck? Like that part definitely had me going. <laughs> it's it's gnarly, dude. There's I mean, in total we get 14 deaths from this movie. And they all take place between 44 minutes and an hour and 30 minutes in. So it just fucking pops off and a bunch of people die in a really quick period of time. When um, does he become at one, baghead? At one point, the baghead man gets his head cut off and then puts it back on and comes back to life. Yep. <laughs> what inspires him becoming baghead? Like, I feel like they kill him and he comes back and he puts a bag on his head, right? Well, he's at... No, he's attacking the sister, and she just throws one over his head and tries to like suffocate him with it. Oh right, burlap, the unbreathable that's it, burlap. That's how it gets like cling to his eyes and his mouth, so you get that like that killer look, like it's a mask. It's him fucking sucking in on it while she's strangling him. It's another one of those like right on the nose. Like, did you know we're trying to copy Friday the Thirteenth? Like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> you remember part two when he doesn't have his mask yet? Do you remember that, guys? <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, wink. <laughs> <laughs> I it was shameless and I still loved it. I was like, I threw my hands yeah, up in like the it. air. I was like, backhead. And then lasted, I don't know, a minute, two minutes maybe. <laughs> um, it was much better than the mask of the other person that comes out of the woods later on. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? This looks like some yeah. Goosebumps level shit. <laughs> yeah, Chris, give us some explanation on what the fuck happened there. There were like three killers all of a sudden? Yeah, so like the whole premise of this film is like the witch cursed the town and every 20 or so years a like basically the witchcraft allows her to like turn you into a killing machine just randomly. Um, and like under the camp, there was like these sacred stones imbued with magic. And that's why you see Tommy's name written on the wall. Um, Cause everybody who, anyone whose name is carved on that wall becomes possessed basically. Hmm. So there so, were there were three people at camp at that point, or are they bad guys from other movies? 
they're bad guys. Uh, not even necessarily from other movies because this is a flashback from the first one, so you don't really know coming in the second one. But basically, it's like all the murderers' ghosts from the previous like kill or massacres over the years. They all just kind of like reanimate. And which boy, it, which, do they fucking kill the shit out of the two main characters. <laughs> yeah, Holy like a, shit. It's like a prison shanking yes. party. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of axes to the chest that these these two chicks endure. It's honestly pretty fucking gnarly. And she lives. That's the most unbelievable part. Yeah, she's literally getting, like, he's stabbing her through the ribs, like, and getting her in the lungs and shit. This oh. little redhead girl. And it's like, yo, no. Like... I was like, which sister is the one who they're talking to? Which one is Jillian Jacobs? Like, I could not remember. And it could have gone either way. They both got fucked up. I was like, I guess it's neither of them. Like, I don't know. Was was she, like, somebody that was just in one of those cabins who survived? Like, I don't know. But, yeah, then uh, they bring back the redhead after she's gotten stabbed in the chest and the lungs and fucking might as well have been in the forehead. And she survives somehow yeah, through the got- power of the kisses of Nick Good. She got absolutely fucked up. Like yeah. that was Nick Good. That's a, it was. It was Nick Good's true love, bro. <laughs> it was that the sweet, sweet ability of living on the right side of the tracks. Right. <laughs> and abuse him with his healing force. Everything that everything that uh Sonny Valor's touch turns to gold. <laughs> it's got that Midas touch. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, no, the I thought the the end scene was fucking gnarly, man. I was like, "Oh my god." You know. So, anyways, uh that's in a nutshell everything that happens in the film. Like, we're going we're kind of skipping past a lot of the dramatic stuff in the beginning of the movie uh where like like we had mentioned earlier, everybody is kind of like I'm from this family and you're from that family and you live on that side of town and I live on this side of town and we're, you know, Romeo and Juliet kind of stuff. Are you um, Daniel Sunnyside, founder of this town? <laughs> My name is Daniel Sunnyside, and this message is brought to you by Dickable Farms. Guess what kind of uh, eggs I like? Like Doug Dimmadome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but I think the my favorite kill in this is definitely like the 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 best like the best part that we're seeing the slasher in is the very end when they're just getting butchered on that at that tree i concur well there was a pretty cool part where the druggy girl who everyone probably despised as much as i did she's like i'm gonna help here's my inspirational speech and then her head gets cut off by like shears and it's like (laughs) finally god oh my god yeah she lasted through so much of this movie they talked about their friendship hardships and i'm just like i don't care i don't care yelling at the tv i don't care (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i agree i was not a fan of her character but other than that, just the stabby, axy fucking up at the end was pretty fucking choice. Yeah, I definitely think this movie would have been very much benefited by it being like an hour and 15 minutes. An hour and 20 minutes. But they were like, time to have two more movies linked to it. So there you go, Netflix. <laughs> there's your criticism. Don't fucking... quit trying to make the the fear street cinematic universe and just make like a good slasher. Yeah. 
I mean, that's yeah. On the, I'm on that page. Stop making ghost shows that suck. Make a slasher that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, have you guys watched that show on uh, on Netflix? Well, it's not like from Netflix, but they had it on there. It's called, I think it's called Slasher. Yeah, the Canadian oh, yeah. one. Yeah, that one. It's one. It's like American Horror Story in that like every season's different, right? Yes, it's bit like the first episode of the first season is so freaking gruesome. Like, dude, right, for real, like right off the uh, bat, they're, they're like one of the first kills in that show. A dude like hits a machete into a person's neck and like twists their body and holds their head in place, and it just is like, and it fucking just pulls the head off, and it's in his hand. That shit was so crazy. I was like, how the fuck did they do that? <laughs> it's, that show is pretty crazy. The acting is terrible, but yeah. overall, like <laughs> the plots aren't bad and you see faces that you recognize. You don't know what they're from, but that show, I, I think there's three seasons of it. I watched all three, like bam. And it was awesome. I got to see this. I bet there's some vampire diary actors in there. They film in Canada. <laughs> yep. That sounds about yeah. right. I'm pretty sure there is. <laughs> Just be prepared. The first episode of the first season, it's like you immediately see a pregnant woman fall down on her stomach. And that was so fucking Ooh. gnarly. It was gnarly. I was like, I don't ever need to see that. Like that is one scene. I'm good with horror movies. Not having that's like, just, ugh. yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so <laughs> back to fear street for a second. Um, Overall, I would say that out of the three, this is by far the strongest film. Um, it's my personal favorite. And that was part of the reason why I recommended this. Um, 88% of people on Rotten Tomatoes liked it. So I thought you guys That's would enjoy it. But I also can totally understand your criticisms because it definitely does have that young adult feel to it. Um fucking chong cheese and slasher is he oh i didn't even realize yeah. it's season three i imagine must be damn yeah. son that's wild um but yeah all, overall um any other thoughts on the actual movie you're chris melvin of tampa florida <laughs> from the melvin family you're all in the navy aren't you <laughs> 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 a long line of warriors <laughs> I'm Miles Trout of the Trout family We like to fish <laughs> I'm from Stinksville <laughs> <laughs> I live in Cumtown <laughs> yeah. uh, Maybe you've heard of me I reside in Trashtown <laughs> So would you guys see are you interested in watching the other ones still or no? Dude, the flashback part at the very beginning of this where it shows you all the kills from the first one, I was like, holy shit, this is going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> like, those kills look <laughs> crazy. Like, people getting sawed in half and shit. Like, that looked fucking dope. So I'm considering watching the first one at least. I like. Yeah, I'd probably watch the first one. I don't really give a shit about I don't the witch knockoff. You don't want to. You don't want to know about 1666, Josh? Do they say it's the delicious like butter? <laughs> Actually, no. That that the movie suffers from that. It definitely feels like a witch clone. Like how I would describe There's a lack of butter. How I would describe <laughs> these three movies is you've got like young adult uh, Scream, which is weird because Scream's already I feel like geared towards teenagers, but young adult Scream. You've got young adult Friday the Thirteenth, and then you've got young adult The Witch. 
Which is weird that they're young adult because they are rated R movies. They are. They are. It's like Which is kind of, I think, what ruined the vibe was it's like you're aiming this towards 13-year-olds, but it's rated R. So like, I mean, did that stop any of us, really? Like, did that stop yeah. any of us from seeing any of these movies? No. I feel like... No, but when you gear the storytelling that way, yeah. it kind of fucks the movie up a little. No, yeah. I get what you're saying. But I do feel like if I was, like, 13, 14 right now and that, those movies had dropped, I would have fucking loved them, probably. Like... Yeah, probably. I feel like th- so. Yeah. It is kind of cool to see like our level gore and stuff, but on like something for a younger audience. So I can definitely respect that. And I kind of knew that it was going to be. I figured it would be a little watered down because it's like goosebumps, you know, like Fear Street. I didn't. I per- didn't personally think those were ever all that scary, even when I was younger. So, um, but I but did. What Goosebumps has that this doesn't have is that the theme song, there's a section of it that's in the dog bark. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a better movie if it had that. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Um, but so also, con- I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, I no, just want to make a point to make the point that I feel like you should make. I don't know if you're going that direction, but contextually in the time, if this was the best thing that had come out in a while, I can see why you have a connection to it because you were just hungry for it and you weren't getting it, weren't getting it. And then all of a sudden this came out. I remember when this came out, it was like COVID Halloween time. So if you're looking for horror, like this this is COVID baby, this would have scratched your itch. I'm sure. So like, I see why you were like, this is not bad. Yeah. I mean, it came out. So it came out in July of last year. So I guess just kidding. I, I mean, guess they had, still. yeah, but they had still. It was like no, they filmed it during COVID. Yeah, it was like half, half COVID, half not kind of thing. Like lockdowns yeah, we're were getting lifted. And, yeah. Well, shit, shit only started coming back out in like May of last year. So yeah, that's not too far off. Exactly. So, but it was it was definitely uh, it definitely benefited from its time because I was very much like. I was looking through the movies that came out this year and it was kind of few and far between like good ones that I really liked. Um, so yeah, I would say for 2021, this was one of the top three horror horror films that I saw. Um, but compare that to this year. And this is, you know, probably at the bottom 10, like at the bottom Mm -hmm. of the 10 horror movies that I've probably seen this year. So definitely benefited from its time, but, um, yeah, let's 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 rank this thing. What are we rating it? I vote Nick Good's love. <laughs> I'm good with that. Nick Good <laughs> is evil. <laughs> or we could do Bagheads. I mean, that was legitimately probably the best part of this movie. I would agree with that. Axe kills. Red shit moss. Red shit moss. Wait, what? It didn't she dump something on? What's her face when she was in the toilet? Roaches and shit. Oh, God. I just wanted to reference that. We don't need to rate. <laughs> oh, we, don't to, we don't have to rate this. Yeah, that was that. her, like, carry. That was her carry ripoff, dumping mm-hmm. bugs on her instead of a bucket full of blood. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm good with Red Shit Moss. I'm good with good with nick goods nick good let's go with nick good's love love. (laughs) nick good's love love. how much of that would you give this uh let's start with chris because we know where he's heading with it i would probably give this like a i would give it a 3.5 
Solid. What about you, Josh? Uh, I'll probably give it a three. It was well made. It just wasn't really my cup of tea. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's bad. It just didn't really do anything for me. I'm gonna give it a two point five because it's not like asylum level bad. It's a step above that, but it's like WB overproduced bad. And like, <laughs> I, Wait, what I is don't know. Asylum? I didn't. Uh, the asylum films are like low budget. They pump out like seventeen movies a year. Atlantic Rim. Atlantic Rim. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Transmorphers. I got Transmorphers, okay. yes, exactly. That's that's the asylum. And uh, it's not like that bad, but it's also not like Tucker and Dale versus Evil Good. Like, it's it definitely has that, like, Smallville, Supernatural, fucking Charmed <laughs> vibe of just, like, I don't know, just everything is so well lit that it takes away from how scary it could be. So I don't hate the movie. Like it was fine, but the the beginning just fucking dragged. So, but the kills were cool. The plot th- probably would have been better if I understood the rest of it. <laughs> I definitely yeah. thought I thought the like elaborating on me giving it a 3.5. I thought that the kills were really strong. That definitely carried it a long way for me. I thought the acting was fine. Like it was children actors. I honestly I thought Sadie Sink was great, but the rest of them kind of whatever. Um, but I totally understand like the, the slow build up to the actual like massacre at the camp. And my one, my one point that I would make is that I definitely feel like when he has bag, when he becomes baghead and he's like hunting people down, it's legitimately scary. Like he's a fucking menace. Um, mm which I appreciated. So that's kind of why it kind of, instead of just giving it a three, I think that's really what pushed it over the edge was good kills. And it actually had parts that kind of scared me. So. Yeah. Um, but on that so. note, let's talk about our social media and ish. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, or we also have a Facebook page, or if you want to get merch from us, we got some dope merch designs. You can type in uh, H on H pod for all of those respective services. And our website for clothes is uh, threadless dot or H on H pod dot threadless dot com. Yeah, I, I literally always get that backwards. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, um, so like this is the end of, of a, a, a saga for us. This is camp month. Um, I think that the only one that didn't have a bow and arrow style kill was this last one. Yes. As far as camp themed kills, I don't know. How about just in general? Which one of these movies did you guys like best out of all four of them? So we had The Burning, Friday the 13th, The Reboot, um, Fear Street, Part 2, 1978, and Sleepaway Camp. Are we missing Mm -hmm. anyone? I'm going to go out of my way and say the burning was probably the most rewarding one because I didn't remember what I was going into. And there was just a lot of elements of it that I was like, this is actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> For sure. I think, I think the burning was like, I had no expectations for it. Cause I didn't know anything about it and I really enjoyed it. 
I think the best one out of these is definitely the Friday the 13th remake. That's one yeah. that I'll go back to over and over again just because I love that movie. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed watching Sleepaway Camp for the first time. And I probably never would have watched The Burning without you guys bringing that to my attention. So that was Eat cool. Eat shit and live, Bill. Eat love shit that. and live. <laughs> Love yeah, that. I think Sleepaway Camp might be my favorite because Ricky's the fucking man. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> love that dude. Yeah, man. Like, oh, we we all love different ones for different reasons, but I think we all liked all of them. Which he is... blows dead dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and the boobs in Friday the Thirteenth alone make that the best movie in this whole thing. But... <laughs> There's boobs in all of them, though, so that was pretty cool. I guess they were sticking to that, even though Hippie Chick kind of had hers hidden. She didn't have can much going on anyway. Can we get a LeBron James Friday the 13th reboot already? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> he was going to produce a, a reboot before it got tangled up in court again. Oh. There's still okay, speculation like, that he might be the only one. Like, some like cross blocks and fucking shooting some hoops with Jason. Like I don't understand. <laughs> he might be Space the only Jam one to, to get it out of of uh, legal purgatory is LeBron James. And if he saves the Friday Thirteenth franchise, fuck it, I'll watch basketball. Whoever does the Thirteenth Friday the Thirteenth movie needs to do it well. Like they, it's the most. Is this Thirteen? This will be the Thirteenth. This will be the Thirteenth. Yeah. Holy crap. Stephen King wants to write a Friday the Thirteenth book from Jason's perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like let him make a fucking movie out of that. I'd take uh, that for sure. <laughs> It'll be like the Joker of Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> He's dancing and shit. <laughs> oh, God, no! I'm, I mean, I love Stephen That'd King. That'd be awful. So I'm, I'm here for it if Stephen King's down to write it. But so yeah, Jason is an evil killer. But you know who else is more evil? The lake. <laughs> Come on, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see if when and if we'll get another Friday the 13th. I mean, I imagine eventually we will, but... Yeah. Yeah. As successful as the franchise is, and they're still pumping out, like, video games and stuff, we'll definitely get another one. I'm just, Give it like, to Blumhouse. They seem to know what they're doing. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> For that type of movie, you could Halloween kills it, and it would be dope. Blumhouse should to... take over the burning. Bring the burning back. <laughs> Give it to Fede Alvarez, who did the Evil Dead. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Do that. I'm, that's I'm a good about call. that life. Like, he did that and don't breathe. Like, yeah, I'm trying to see some straight, like, <laughs> disturbing, Shit. permanently scarring gore. I'd take Joss Whedon. Like, he did the cabin in the woods. Like, give us Jason. Like, he could do that he, well. He's been canceled, sir. Has he? <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, he has. <laughs> I missed it. I honestly forgot. He was one of those. You want a bigger role in my show? Zip. Oh. Uh, well, so much for him. Gross. He also created Toy Story. So cancel that. Oh, you know, <laughs> dude. First of all, my childhood's ruined. Secondly, um, you know something that I didn't mention that I did do this week that would be sort of in the spooky realm. Uh, not to glamorize Joss Whedon here, but I did buy the Blu-ray steelbook of Cabin in the Woods while I was on it's sale at, at Best <laughs> Buy. It. And I was like, let's go. So I, I feel like our show, our show is Cabin in the Woods. Like, we're just like, <laughs> yeah. and here we're are the, the movies. Yep. 
It pretty um, much is. I, I'm trying to unlock some crazy monster in one of our future episodes. We need to mermaids, do mermaids. Mermaids. <laughs> Merman. <laughs> is there a, is there a mermaid horror that you guys the, can think of? The asylum is way ahead of you, I'm sure. <laughs> the real freaking if they ever make a real which they can now because it's out of like copyright or whatever. Little Mermaid. The real story of Little Mermaid is fucking horrifying. <laughs> That's true. Like all of those movies, all of those movies should be like horror movies, but they made them into kids' movies. Woody the Pooh is up up first. Oh, I can't wait for that. Instead of us getting Bl- the blood and honey, instead of us getting the uh, Universal Monster Universe, they're gonna end up giving us the like Hans fucking what's his, I forget his last name, but the the fairy tale guy, uh, but horrified, and I'm here for that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. For any of you that don't know what we're talking about, they're making a Winnie the Pooh horror movie called Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> even know this. And it looks amazing. I'm in. You haven't seen the pictures of this? Uh-uh. I'm in. Oh, I'm sending them to you. Oh, dude, yeah. They've already leaked costumes and stuff, too. Fuck yeah. This it is looks awesome. ridiculous. <laughs> I hope it's going to be like Ted. He's going to have a foul mouth and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they look pretty spooky, actually. Hell yeah. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up. Um, all right. Oh shit! That looks fucking <laughs> awesome. Oh <laughs> yeah. All right. He's a fucking serial killer. I dig it. Anyway, so you guys remember, of course, that life is tough. So why not get high on 